Hi, my name is Marco, and you're listening to the Ask People podcast with Xavier Rocks. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Yes People podcast. I'm your host, Savvy Rocks, and today I'm humbled to have Marco with me here, who is a matte painter, concept artist, and he also does photography. Thank you so much for coming on the Yes People podcast, Marco. How are you? I'm very fine, thank you, and thank you for having, for having me. No, no, I know even before I pressed the record button, we was in a tangent of talking. Oh, yeah. So, so <laughs> before I lose any more of your gold dust of what you've been telling me, even before we uh, press no. record, I just no want to let all our listeners know exactly what you do because you've done so much work. Um, we've worked with so many people. You, you have a caring heart. I can, I can just see and hear from you talking to me before we've started recording that your heart is definitely in the right place i want to say that well, and I let people so. know oh no no it definitely <laughs> is um but one thing i always ask everyone before we go into the depth of what you do as a profession is just to tell us a little bit about your background which you have told me but um could you tell everyone a little bit about your background where you grew up and how that influenced you as a person to be who you are today of course. So first of all, I'm Italian, even if I don't live in Italy anymore. This is where I come from. And uh, in a small uh, town close to Milan in the north of Italy. And uh, I would say that my journey began uh, in the teenage, teenage years when uh, definitely I fell in love with uh, storytelling and visuals and movies and, and video games. And like I was saying to you, it was uh, this was the end of the 80s. So a moment in which uh, certain kind of uh, movies were made and uh, we didn't have so much, if you will, to, to dream with. We didn't have the access that we have nowadays to so much content. And so those movies, those uh, video games were really something else. And um, that's where my passion started. And uh, like I was saying to you, uh, I always uh, loved movies. Of course, I was loving at that time a certain kind of uh, a genre of movie, yeah. movies, which is like, you know, action movies, because I was doing a lot of sport. I was doing a lot of martial arts. I was so much yeah. into this. And so for me, Van Damme, Steven Seagal and, and Bruce Lee were like, you know, gods. <laughs> and so <laughs> and I think it's funny because a lot of people in my industry, they did also martial arts. And I think this is uh, interesting because it's something that definitely signed my youth and uh, even adult years, I could say. And actually, this is something that really helped me in the journey that I've been. But um, maybe we'll talk about this. But in any case, uh, um, I remember that at that time, uh, like I was saying, I fell in love with movies and I was always wondering how can they do this kind of special effects, you know, the explosions, the spaceships and stuff like this. And uh, there was not so much, you know, to rely on in terms of, uh, you know, to try to find information. And uh, I remember watching this uh, TV series uh, called Movie Magic, you yes. know, an American TV series where yeah. they were uh, explaining, the, you know, the, they were showing the behind 
scenes of these uh, famous movies of the time. And uh, uh, I had the chance to, to be able to, to watch this. And I remember that it was something that really blew my mind, you know? So uh, I immediately thought, okay, this is what I want to do. But I didn't know how, because uh, at the time, I mean, computers were not this powerful and it was not that easy to have access sure. to the softwares. And so I've been able, thanks to a friend, to, to put my hands on a bootleg copy of a 3D animation software. We've all done that. Which at that time, I'm sorry? We've all done that before, got a bootleg exactly, copy or something. Exactly, No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd be very honest, you know, so <laughs> it, it happens like this because otherwise having access to those kind of tools was really difficult yeah. or like I will tell you later, I mean, I had to go to university, but I, I put my hands on this uh, piece of software and I remember like it was yesterday and it was, I I was probably 18, 17. Now I'm 44, so quite some time has passed. But I remember, like it was yesterday, the feeling that I had when I saw what I could do with the software. You know what I mean? That I could create my own worlds, that I could create my own stories. And that was a moment like a switch. Like we were saying before, I had, you know, I, I, I think that this was a moment of luck in when you really find what you're born for let's say which yeah. is nothing crazy i Your don't destiny. cure cancer i don't do anything but that that's what you know that was my calling i understood it it's something that you know i felt in that moment and still to this day no matter what i still feel in a different way if you will with everything that happened you know with a lot of obviously more experience and maturity but it's about i think that finding the the, the right passion when you're young it's a big luck. Then, of course, I was uh, surrounded. I was in a situation in which this could happen because you, you see, this is luck. Because if I were born with different parents, for example, or in different parts of the world, that was not what I, you know, I, I wouldn't have a chance to go out in the afternoon to play football with my friends. You know, I would be thinking about something else, you know. So, uh, and it's not that, you know, I remember that. Uh, I, I, I really remember with a lot of, um, with a big smile my teenage years so it was like the cradle in which all this could could be could be born let's say you know all my 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 passion could could you know start you know and so i i i saw this a tv series and so i started for example trying to find magazines uh, there was no internet. I had no access to internet uh, the first years. And so I had to go to the newsstand and to buy this uh, magazine to try to find more information. Uh, then eventually it was a time for me to decide what to do. I had studied languages at school. It was a time for me to choose like a university path. And I decided to do design in Milan because I thought it was the the closest thing to computer graphics because we are talking about 3d we are talking about computer graphics and there was an exam of uh, computer graphics in this uh, five years at the time a university was five years now it's three but uh, i decided to do this to attend this university in milan which was a little bit of a disappointment and actually i'm a dropout of university i stayed there for three years i did the exam in computer graphics but Overall, it was very uh, theory-based. There was okay. not so much, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And actually, so I remember that I was starting to, to, to pass these exams, which had to do, you know, with chemistry, uh, material science, things that, to be honest, I was not that interested into. But there were also courses like photography, for example. There was like filmmaking, like workshops. So very, uh, very short, but uh, I really enjoyed those. 
and not so much the rest. And I remember that, you know, I had to go back and forth from Milan to Milan and uh, coming home, I didn't work so much on preparing my exams, but I opened immediately the softwares and tried to learn on my own how to do 3D animation. You know what I mean? And I had the chance to have uh, parents, uh, my, my father above all, who saw, even if he was a teacher, it's not with us. Uh, he's not with us anymore. And so, yeah. But uh, he has. Uh, he had. Uh, let's say the, the intelligence of realizing that even if he was a teacher. So you have to understand in those years, and I don't think only in Italy, having a piece of paper. So finishing the university would have, in theory, allowed you to have a certain kind of uh, job. But actually, he saw the passion and what I was putting into this thing that didn't exist, you know what I mean? So it was really difficult even to explain to my parents, okay, I love doing 3D, you know, 3D animation because it, there was not so much around, you know? But actually they believed in me and uh, so I decided to leave university. And at the time I was lucky because uh, I found in Milan a little like four months uh, course of uh, 3D animation which I knew would have been really, really, would have really only scratched the surface and I should have put 99% of, uh, you know, commitment to make something out of it. But I knew that it would have opened the door to me to advertisement in Italy at that time, where, you know, in advertisement, they were, uh, you know, starting to need people with this kind of knowledge, you know what I mean? But uh, if you think about it, at that time, I was so excited because, uh, I mean, I could work on something that they would have shown on TV. But actually, it was like the commercial for uh, soap, which was, you know, destroying stains in the washing machine. So something ugly, terrible <laughs> in terms of quality. Yeah, it was uh, atrocious. But actually, it's something that uh, it was the beginning. You know what I mean? I was so happy because no matter what. They were starting to pay because eventually I finished the school just to, to cut it short. And uh, I started working in the industry, let's say industry in Italy of visual effects. Uh, but uh, it was awesome because uh, I started working. So I started earning some money yeah. on thing that, you know, something that I wanted to, that I, that, that I loved. Okay. Then uh, to explain a little bit, uh, just the beginning, then if you want, we can talk about the rest because that was an important moment for me. I mean, I stayed two years in in Italy. I worked there. I've been able to work on, you know, a lot of advertisement. Of course, the quality was very low, like I was saying. And then also I started working on some movies because there were companies in Italy doing some visual effects for like B-movies, like, you know, the American B-movies where you see the invasions of bees or yeah. tornadoes, this kind of things, okay? So, but actually it was really fun. It was nice, but unfortunately i had to face the reality of the country that i was in and the fact that there was not so much uh, i don't know the culture of uh, of an artistic job so even studios doing visual effects they were more interested in making money and they were not uh, into trying to also to push the envelope and i found myself also in, uh, in a situation in which uh, i had to fight to be paid which wow. is ridiculous. Yes, but this is what happened. And so uh, I had the luck, you see, sometimes things happen and maybe it's a sign. I had the luck to to know this uh, visual effects supervisor who was very well known. And luckily he was a friend of the owner of a company that I was working for in Milan. Okay. Because they were working on a movie, the situation was terrible, obviously, because unfortunately 
at the time uh, there was not so much uh, see, knowledge even in this field uh, in Italy and fortunately I can say from what I saw not so much has changed so this this the owner of this company through friendship I don't know has been able have had been able I'm sorry to 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 call this guy who was a visual effects supervisor but top level American academy award winner so I worked uh, for a few months alongside this guy and this guy made me understand that if I wanted to do this job in a certain way I should have said goodbye to Italy and all my friends and that was a an important moment for me because that's when I decided I had to put things in the balance okay what do I do do I stay here where I have my girlfriend my friends my family or do I pack my little bag and, and leave uh, for the unknown trying to you know fulfill my dream because uh, and that that was an important moment because that's the moment in which I decided you know what I will try and uh, and I did it and that changed completely because then after that I've been able to to travel a lot and then maybe you can I don't know if you you, you have other questions but uh, then there is this second part let's say this was the beginning yeah it sounds like you've been through a lot even through the start of what you were doing Marco how was it for you to leave your family behind because we all know we have an attachment to our family sometimes yes, yes. how was it so, for you to I mean, pack up I w- Please, please go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just saying, how was it for you to pack up and say, this is my decision. I'm going to leave to to process and do my dream. How was that for you? It was uh, it was difficult, but uh, at the same time, for example, uh, my father was the one who, no matter what, was supporting me. And even for a father, I think it's difficult to see the son going away. Uh you see, my father was coming from the south of Italy and uh, from a very poor situation. And he has been able, no matter what, to go to the north of Italy to live, to, to create a kind of life. So starting from low, let's say, to no matter what, something better. It's not no matter what, then eventually made money and became a CEO or something. But actually, he has been able to, to live a, a pretty decent life. And... Uh, and actually to be able also to teach me certain things. And one of these things would be that no matter what, we have to try and we have to risk for what we believe in. You know what I mean? So no matter what, I was coming from this kind of mentality from this side because my mother obviously wanted to to have me close to home. You know what I mean? And actually this is something weird because unfortunately in Italy, no matter if the country is beautiful and we have so many positive uh, things there is this society no matter what is family based and even nowadays because of how the situation is also uh, young guys uh, it's, it's difficult for, for them to leave the family you know what i mean and so it's a part of the mentality and actually what i was called to do was the opposite i had to say goodbye you know what i mean but i knew that i wanted to do it that i would have done and that i was doing this for myself and to be happy and I think that in certain part of life, in certain part of our life, I think we have to be a little bit more selfish. I think we have to think about what we want to achieve because at the end of the day, and I saw it and I see it every day, uh, being fulfilled and being a happy person allows us to be a better person overall and with other people and to be a better parent. You know, I'm a father now. So because, I mean, you know what, at the end of the day, no matter the difficulties, and maybe we, then we will talk about this because every artistic journey yeah. is a very difficult journey. 
we, I mean, I, I, I want to say that we, I am, but I would say we are happy because we're doing something we love. And yes. this is something already a big luck, you know what I mean? Yes, I definitely agree with you. Um, a lot of people I've spoken to in the past have said they've worked a nine to five and they felt like it was soulless. It was so draining. So of course. Um, for them, it was more a thing of do I do my dream but not have as much money at first but then inspire to do what I love no. and then from when you do what you love money will come regardless I always say to people exactly. and I know the journey like well I'm sure we're going to talk about it Marco I know the journey is long it is hard um, it comes with its ups and downs but the most beautiful thing about the journey is you're doing what you love and you learn from it as oh, yeah. you go along so that's definitely something I am going to talk to you about but let's go into what you do now so yes. I had the chance to go into your website and actually see the visuals of what you do. I know it can be technical um, of what you do, but just for somebody who is looking to go into this profession, yes. how would you describe to them what you do in the creative way? So if so, you simplify it. Yeah. So nowadays I work at the two, let's say the, um, the end of the spectrum of the production. So when I work as a concept artist, I work in pre-production. So I work before they go and shoot. Uh, often I work for uh, directors or production designers or art directors, or no matter what, people who, for example, they have the script of the movie or sometimes even the, the advertisement, but they have to sell it. And so they have to not only uh, show of course, the script, which is very important, but they have to enrich it with visuals. So I create the illustrations. We create illustrations. They're called keyframes or uh, you know concept art to to be able to to sell the product or to be able to solve visual problems. For example, there is in a movie uh, there is a part um, because the writer writes with words, okay. But actually, then you have to translate these words and this concept into visuals because eventually they will become images. And so I help them to develop these looks, to develop these uh, concepts, you know. And there are people doing my job who are uh, specialized in, you know, they are vehicle designers. For example, in a movie, there is need of a special, you know, cars and stuff like this. And they design this kind of thing. You know, they're designers, of course, compared to a product designers who creates like the iPod. We create things, we create illustration for products that eventually could be built on set, for example, ah. but actually they don't have most of the time uh, they don't have to work like a product that you go and, and buy you know what i mean so no matter what there is a part of uh, design there is a part of art because there has to be something also beautiful it has to be something also that uh, allows uh, that, that tells the story that helps telling the story so this is what i do and i'm more specialized in uh, environments and in creating uh, and using cinematography to create this uh keyframes of uh, environments and uh, and mood and atmosphere that sometimes they help the you know the director sell and get financed for the movie that he wants to direct or if the project is already green lit it's uh, you know a lot of illustrations that are made to be able eventually to to then understand even from a, a budget point of view how are we going how we are going to build this world and this is one part so it comes in pre-production it could also come 
in visual effects, I mean, when we are in post-production, but actually, let's say, let's make it simple. So this is pre-production. Then the matte painter instead is a job that is very old. And actually, if you think about, you know, uh, Gone with the Wind, I mean, movies of the 50s and, and the 40s, they, we already, they already were doing matte paintings because they, were, they had to extend some sets. And at the time, they were using oil paint on uh, glass layers, so there were incredible artists painting these amazing paintings on glass, yes. And so you had, for example, the foreground, where actually they shot the actors and uh, yeah, the foreground. And then eventually this was extended with paintings. You know what I mean? So this is the same job. Of course, what changed nowadays is technology. The technology allowed us, first of all, to change from... Uh, analog to digital. So nowadays we use computers to create the sets. So these landscapes. Nowadays they can we can even create completely full what I call CG, so computer graphics environments. You know what I mean? Because the directors technology allows the director allowed the director to and allows the director to to be able really to tell their stories let's say without limits, then there are obviously some limits, but no matter what, we have them to create this uh, environment. And sometimes this is also an answer to budget problems. For example, shooting in New York is very expensive. So often they go to Vancouver, they shoot, but then they have to embellish, let's say the shot and make it look like it's New York. This is an example. Or if you're talking a movie, like a period uh, drama, of course, uh, London is not the same as it was in uh, 1800s. You know what I mean? So we have to recreate these things. And then it's all about designing the production. How do we create this? Do we build uh, the foreground and the sets uh, uh, you know, on a soundstage? Or we do everything digital? Or we do the soundstage and then we extend with matte paintings? So no matter what, these are the two ex uh, you know, uh, extreme, uh, the opposite of the, of the production, let's say, the pre-production and then post-production, okay? So concept art is in pre-production, yeah. matte painting then is in, in post-production. Ah. But eventually, nowadays, the techniques blend. So it's something that I like because no matter what, my interest is always in creating a sort of a atmosphere and mood through visuals, okay? Mm. So thinking about the story, what what is the story, what's happening in the story, and translating that into images. Yes. I mm. hope I've been able to, exp no, you know, to explain a little bit. No, you definitely did. For me, even because I was trying to, because I've seen your work, for me, when you go on your website, you break it down on, on your showreel of how you do things. Yes, exactly. So yeah. for me, I have a better understanding of how it all works. When it's explained, I, I will say to everybody, everybody go onto Marco's website. I'll make him say, tell you his website before we end the podcast. But if you go on his website, you will see the breakdown of what he does and how he actually does it, which will explain exactly what he's just said just now. Another question yeah. that I, I have for you, which is what somebody threw at me actually to ask, was how do you earn a living and sustain that living to do what you love? Because um, it's hard for anybody in this industry or any creative industry to sustain what they're doing. How do you feel that you sustain your living and are able to make an income where you can continue to do what you love? 
So uh, I would say that uh, at the beginning of my career, I was, um, like I was saying before, I had to leave my country and I had to start traveling. I had to go where the work was. Yeah. And th at the time, for example, it was London because from Italy, it was the closest hub where they ah. were doing proper work. Okay. Proper work meaning high quality work in advertisement and movies. And so, and after that, you know, I lived in London and then I had to follow... Uh, what well, the job was, but, and actually, so from London, for example, I had to travel and I, and I lived then in Australia on the two different coasts. I went to the US, I lived in the US, I lived in Canada. So that, that is a part of my career in which I was going through, from, um, uh, contract to contract. Of course, for this kind of projects, the contracts are not, uh, you know, full time. I mean, they hire you if you're a freelancer, they hire you for, uh, I don't know, six months to a year or even less, it depends. And uh, definitely when you when you start working, of course, it's like you're hopping on a train. And if you do a good job, then uh, no matter what the industry, the entertainment industry, even nowadays, if you think about what they do with TV, you know, Netflix and stuff, there is a lot of demand for content and then for execution, let's say. So there is a lot of work. Of course, compared to when I started, there's much more competition. Uh, then also it's a kind of work where, you know, there are a lot of people who are still working in, in, in studio. So what I did till, uh, I mean, uh, for 12 years was no matter what, traveling a lot and living the gypsy life and going from contract to contract. Okay. Which was awesome. And if you want to <laughs> go back to it, but, uh, it's not for everyone. But then again, I knew since the beginning that I didn't want to do that life forever. Okay. So I was living in New York and uh, I met this French girl. Uh, and uh, eventually, well, this was uh, this was 10 years ago, but actually she, we started living in New York and then she starts following me. But then it was the right time when actually I was uh, 35, I think, 36 uh, or even more. And actually it was, the, no matter what, it was the time for me to think, okay, maybe I can, let's say, try to settle down and work remotely. So let's put aside the situation nowadays with the virus and things. I, I, I've been working remotely now for um, seven years, seven, six years, okay, since I came to Paris. But this is a, is a difficult step because uh, when you do this, then it becomes even more difficult because you have to always be, for example, present online. Nowadays, it's a big challenge and it's also different nowadays than it was before, obviously. But um, it's something that no matter what, right now, for example, I don't know, I just wrapped up a project. I don't know what I'm going to do next week. But nowadays, I can afford this because before I built a certain kind of network and relationship with studios, and nowadays, even remotely, they give me work because they know me because I've been working with them before. So, you know, a career like this, it's not only, you cannot only be good, and I'm not saying I am, even I, actually, I think that I'm not that much the more I grow. But what I'm saying is that it's not only what you can do, but actually your personality is very important. Above all, when yes. you decide to be a freelancer, That's true. because you have to have this kind of personality in which, you know, I mean, you have to be, you have to have a thick skin and be strong because yeah. you have no idea if, if people look at my, you know, uh, about page. So in my experience, I did so many things, but it was tough. It was tough. And I've been, you know, uh, I, 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 
I, I found closed doors so often. I've been able to go to the U.S. to work, which was a dream, you know. But before doing that, you have no idea how many rejections I had. And this is not for everyone because there are people who are, it depends on how you are. You know what I mean? I, that's why we go back, for example, to be prepared. And, and, and I, of course, I want to quote, I, quote, I want to talk about the fact that I did many years of sport and martial arts because this is something that no matter what builds you as a person and this brings you know builds if you want the strength that when you're younger you express by fighting let's say with punches and kicks but then this is something that is in your head it's a way of developing a certain kind of attitude that allows you to go through a career which is really tough so nowadays even after 20 years and more of career I have always a question mark, what I'm going to do in two months. And for example, during, during the lockdown for probably three months, two months and a half, I've not been working. I never had any offer. So you have to be prepared to something like this. Now, of course, we are talking about extreme situations. But the life of a freelancer is like, you know, tides, high waves, a lot of work that always seems to come at the same time. And then moments in which there is nothing. And so it's also what do you do in those moments that makes the difference and how you prepare. So, for example, I have a rent, you know, I have expenses, I have a son. If I was spending everything every month, everything that I earn, I would be stupid. I couldn't do this. You know what I mean? So you have to learn also that, you know, you have to plan and you have to make the right decisions. Then nowadays, uh, even if, like I was saying before, I was mainly a matte painter. I was in 3D. Then recently, I mean, five, five, six years, uh, I, I moved more into pre-production, like I was saying before, because I'm interested in this. And so I have clients who knew me from before because nowadays I am 44 and there are concept artists who have just been doing that. They're better than me, younger than me, cheaper than me also, which is also important. And so it's difficult now to, to fight, let's say, <laughs> against them. Even if, if the fight is very different, but no matter what, what I'm saying is that there is a lot of competition. So I had to put myself in a situation in which no matter what I could try. And actually, for example, to be able to, to just, you know, veer towards this uh, pre-production side that I was interested into, I had to start saying no to some kind of jobs that I've been doing for so long because I needed to find the time to be able to study, to continue to my, you know, my, I had to learn, I had to study a lot. You know what I mean? And so that's even a difficult choice. And so this is what I'm saying. I think also having a certain kind of personality and developing a certain kind of personality is very important in this job, in my industry, above all, when you want to be a freelancer, because I could have continued working in studios, but of course, you're also then dependent on where the work is. Maybe they could hire you. But even, you know, in this industry, even if they're, you're hired from a month to another, everything can change That's because true. this kind of studio, you know, they, they contract and they expand based on needs, obviously. And so not even being a full-time artist in one of those studios would have, uh, uh, you know, given me the, you know, security of work. So there are people who can be super talented, super awesome, but they need security. I instead live this as a challenge because at the end of the day, what I do and if I succeed is, I would say, 90% up to me because then it, 
of course, you, who you know is important and the fact that the production designer, visual effects, if they need someone, I'm sorry, visual effects supervisor, if they need someone, they say, okay, to the people they know, do you know someone who could do this job? So the word of mouth is important. But what I'm saying is that no matter what, then I have to show a portfolio. I don't have to show a piece of paper saying, okay, this is what I did, question mark, and or also I am the son of this guy or this girl, you know what I mean? So this is my name. No, and I always love this. I have to show that I can do the job. So even now, nowadays, even if when there are moments in which it's difficult, I know that it's up to me. So it's up to me to sit down and work my ass off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and there will be, I think that if you are with the right you know, state of mind, I think you, and you work hard, you will eventually succeed because if I say this, then please stop me because otherwise I will never stop. And people probably now are sleeping. But stop what it. I'm saying is that <laughs> it's very it. important. The concept, the concept of talent, which is something that I always talk to people about, but only I think people in the creative industry can understand this because uh, uh, often people are saying, okay, this guy, this famous painter, blah, blah, they, they were born with talent and it's like, it's like it's a gift from God. And it's a way for me to, like, they have to justify themselves, okay, I'm not even, even going to try because no matter what, he has something more than me. And actually, this is BS because I realized that uh, no matter what talent, you can have a predisposition towards something. And I had it, you know, talking about martial arts, you know, so certain things that comes easier for you. But talent for me is real and honest passion and having the guts to be able to do the sacrifices and the hard work and only the hard work, which, of course, comes from a real passion, will allow you to learn, to become better and eventually then to succeed, to find work. That's it. It's very simple. It's very simple. But it's, this is what I believe in. How do you know when to say no to a project, Marco? How do you know when to collaborate with the right project? And how do you know when to say no, even if the project is right for you? I think that, uh, well, it's a kind of uh, instinct that comes from experience, I think. I generally decided uh, at the time when I needed, okay, I want, I'm want. i interested in this kind of work, but I don't have, I studied something different. For example, I was studying a lot of 3D animation, but actually I didn't study so much painting and traditional tool, traditional art and crafts, which are the basis of what a concept artist does. And so... I had to go back and to fill the void and fill the gap of knowledge that I didn't have because I was concentrating on something else, which was 3D. And uh, to do that, I needed time. And so I started saying no to projects that were uh, something that uh, I've been doing for a while and I knew that wouldn't have enriched me and wouldn't have taught me certain things, you know, so that I could save the time to do something else. Of course, I could do that because I was not at the time worried, okay, I have to pay the rent at the end of the month. This is not something that you can do when you're stunning out, you know what I mean? So it's always, you know, it's, it's experience, it's uh, planning it's designing even this is designing designing your career designing when is the right time to make a move and then it's intuition when you hear clients they come to you but you don't know where they are you try to find the work that they did before and there is nothing and there's 
hyper enthusiastic about working with you for this huge project. I saw so many of them and I worked at the beginning of my career with so many of them that now I don't trust them anymore. I mean, I have a, I developed the nose, you know, to smell the mm, something <laughs> weird, you know, <laughs> something stinks here. <laughs> oh, we've all had that a few times. <laughs> I'm telling you, we've all right. had that. Who has been the biggest support system? I know you spoke a little bit about your father being one of the For people sure. that have supported you throughout your whole life. But is there anybody else that you have, you feel within the industry who has supported you in your work? Like I was saying before, probably I said this uh, before we were recording, uh, when I was in Italy, um, I had the chance to, to work for this uh, visual effects supervisor, American, who had a lot of experience and he was called uh, because he knew the owner of the studio that I was working for. So I've been very lucky. He came to Italy for a few months just to try to save this project, which was going very bad. And he's the one who made me made me believe in myself and made me understand, okay, so, I mean, you're not that bad. And if you want to do this properly, I think you should go somewhere else. And this was something, someone who really uh, has been very important for me. And actually it's funny because 10 years after, in uh, not 10 years after, actually, no, it was probably like eight, something like this. I've been uh, lucky enough to win uh, an award in Los Angeles and it was in the hall, you know, uh, when, when I won the, the award. So it was, uh, it was awesome because I could see him again, shake his hands after so long. But if probably if I didn't meet him at that time, this wouldn't have happened. I would have stayed in Italy. I would have been okay with the kind of work that I was doing. You know what I mean? I would have followed probably a life more in, on the rail tracks. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't know if, uh, if you understand what it I mean. Yeah. Sense. Instead, I decided, okay, no, I mean, this is uh, interesting. It made me think, okay, maybe I can do this. And then, okay. It's about fighting your fears, the fear of leaving what you know, as usual. I'm not saying anything crazy, you know. I mean, let's try. But actually, I'm so glad that I put my foot on that plane for the first time to go to London to have an interview because it really changed my life. And not only from a career perspective, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's also, and it's very important for me as a, as a man, as a human uh, experience, fact of traveling of meeting people from everywhere because this is awesome about our industry is the fact that you know in the studios in london i met people coming from everywhere you know i was coming from a small town in italy you know and for me they were like you know different colors different culture but it was awesome we became a family and this is important for your brain more than anything else so now of course i'm older and i think about certain things i'm a father so i'm more pedantic and more you know what i mean <laughs> and it's normal but i think about certain things those are the important things that also nowadays inspire me from my work you know what i mean so it's not only the technical things because um, i have a lot of young guys who write to me to understand okay so how can i start you know how can i do this can i do this from home immediately yes. and in a way you can do this for sure and even if you think about what we can do what we, i mean what we're living these days uh, this month uh, is, is crazy and you're forced to stay inside but actually for me the experience of traveling of always starting from scratch, if you want, with a new team, with new people when no one knows you. Yeah. That was something that really, that was really more than what they paid me, you know. And that was really my payoff to become who I am today. I love that. I definitely love that. What's been the most empowering project that you have ever worked on that changed your 
But he's shaking his head. He's like, oof. <laughs> no, you know why? Shame. Because uh, I'm sorry if I interrupt you, but oh. I, I know because generally they they ask me the question, and you see, I I, I worked on so many things, and I even mm. I don't even remember them, and I have a lot of good memories. But eventually, the projects they just everyone forgets them. Yes. But the experience. That's what I want to ask project, you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's not the, the project itself. I worked on very high-end work and without naming names, sometimes from a creative point of view, it was not the best. Maybe I worked on ah. some smaller commercials and they were much more rewarding creatively. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not about the project. It's... Uh, to be honest, I have uh, a lot of nostalgia about those uh, beginning years in London when I was studying, for example, working on Harry Potter, which at that time was uh, huge for the London industry because it was my first experience abroad. I was 24, which is already not so young, but for Italy, something, wow, you're so you're a child and you leave your family at 24. How dare you? I mean, it's like, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was no matter what, I was, it was the first experience living, uh, sharing an apartment with the people who I didn't know, but then going to to the studio and working, you know, 13 hours a day with wow. these people, trying to achieve, uh, trying to, to work on these movies. And eventually I would have seen, you know, my name on the big screen. It was fantastic because uh, it was really dream coming true. And you were working already on really high end projects, but in a sort of environment that it was not like uh, in a bank, let's say nothing against people who work in a bank. And what I'm saying is that it was much less uh, formal. You know, yes. we were dressed like we wanted at six we were going to the pub to drink a beer and then back to the studio to to finish because we had to do something you know what i mean so we were living around the project but we were doing and actually this is important you were working alongside like-minded people who were always pushing you so this is going back to what i was saying before you can work now work remotely and it's awesome for certain things but then you miss out on you know the human relationship yeah, someone who inspires you someone who's better than you for sure there are tons and it's obvious and you know what i mean the teamwork this is awesome you know this is something that obviously it's something that now i'm missing for other no matter what positive uh, things that you know working remotely brings but this is something that you know if someone has to start now maybe it won't be the case because things have changed you know we live in different years and uh, but you know having the chance to work with other people in teams is something that really makes you grow as an artist and above all as a man or a woman see see you say you say so many things that resonate so that, that means so much to me just to hear you say that. What is the best advice somebody has ever given you in your life? The best advice. I um, Look, I remember this thing. I, I'm sure there are other things that now I'm not remembering and they were maybe even more important. But I remember one of my masters in martial arts and i was like 14 and this guy used to say told me once and i remember it's funny because i remember like it was uh, yesterday but he said even the dumbest per dumbest person can teach you something and this is very true you know and we were talking you know i mean he was a master we were doing martial arts we were fighting so i don't know why how why he said this but actually this if you think about it, it's awesome because it's a way that, you know, puts you in, okay, no matter what, 
definitely I can learn from you. You can teach me things also because you have a different life, a different kind of experience. And it's awesome. It's awesome also to be, that's why I'm very curious about other people, which sometimes, you know, in friendship can be not the best because people say, okay, mind your own business. But actually, no, I'm really curious about the human being, about human beings, about stories, about, you know, how you end up being where you are, you know what I mean? And this probably comes from there. I remember this. It's funny how memory really stores certain moments and actually when it, it happens you have no idea but actually it's, it's funny it's it's awesome about being human about the brain or the soul whatever you know whatever you believe in or what you want to think about it but actually it's funny because now you know now after 30 years something like this 20 years more i i still remember this thing no 30 years sorry <laughs> <laughs> time flies old, yeah. <laughs> time flies you're not that old you're not old You know, you still have plenty of life ahead of you. If yeah, you, but no hair on my head. And I'm glad this is a podcast listen, for people. <laughs> if I was to take off my cap and show you how big my hair is, I could give you some of my hair, no problem. <laughs> That would be helpful, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Don't worry about it at all. Uh, so say you wake up. And I always say this question to everybody. Say you wake up tomorrow morning and you look in your bank account and you have infinity money. So you're, you have so much money, you have more than anybody in the 1% uh, league. So you wake up in the morning and you go, oh my gosh, I have all this money. What would you change in the industry that you're working to help other people to progress in what they want to do in it? So my, my industry, in term, for example, the film industry that yeah. is a little bit different than the advertisement because mm. visual effects, no matter what is used, I mean, both uh, commercials and movies, they need visual effects, high end. Yeah. So, but they're different. There's not so much money in, uh, in the film industry. And unfortunately, the visual effects people are not this respected, meaning that uh, if you think about it, when I don't remember a few years ago, the movie Life of Pi, I don't know if you saw it, won the Visual Effects uh, Academy Award. And uh, when the company was, I mean, won the Visual Effects Academy Award, they were going bankrupt. They went bankrupt and they won a Visual Effects Award at the same time. So there's not so much money because... Even nowadays, there is not so much, let's say, recognition for all the work that we do to bring those movies to life, yes. unfortunately. And a lot of some companies, let's say, no matter what, mm, uh, they play a lot with the fact that this is a job that comes from passion. So there are guys, there are kids who, you know, even to have a door open in the industry would do this job for free because this is really a hobby that becomes uh, a job. And so I'm sure, like it was back in the days, that there are people taking advantage of this. So I would try to give more. But if you think about it, it's sad because even in the credits, at the end of the movies, at the end of films, you know, when you are in theater, outside of the fact that no one sits down to see all the people who have been able to bring that film to life, which is not only Leonardo DiCaprio, who no matter what I love, what I'm saying is that not only the actors or the director, but there are so many people working so hard in so many different departments that uh, no matter what, it's it's pretty sad to see that no matter what, the, the, the movie's over, okay, I go home. And actually, if you stay and if you sit down at the end of a movie, you will see so many people. And actually, the visual effects people, they come last. 
And this is a little bit, uh, it's also offensive meaning because we work many, many hours to be able to do so much. Then it depends on the movie, obviously. There are beautiful movies that have nothing to do with visual effects. And actually, I don't like so much visual effects-driven movies, you know, like the Marvel things, uh, Transformers, personally. Even if this is where I come from, it's not my favorite genre, let's say. But, but I know what it means to bring those images to life, to help the director tell a story. And actually, even nowadays, we're not that, you know, respected, if you want. Even if now I do something. That's why I also moved a little bit more in pre-production when I have to say more, you know, from a creative point of view, when I have a more one-to-one relationship, you know what I mean? Because the rest is becoming also factory work, you know what I mean? And it's also a pity. So I'm sure that a lot of people are doing this job and they're not super well treated. So I would do something if I had to do something for my industry. Yeah. But if I was so rich, I would do also probably something else for other people who are not in this industry, no matter what. See, I like that. Most definitely. Marco, I know we spoke about it a little bit before when we spoke about giving up and having challenges within our lives. And I know that you were going to talk about it a little bit more. But was there ever a time in your profession or in your life where you wanted to give up because you felt like there wasn't enough going on or you felt like, like you were saying, you didn't have enough funds or leaving your family? What would you say to people who are in this predicament at the moment, especially with everything going on? and not finding work because of what's going on, what would you say to them to help them? And what did you do in the position where you felt like you didn't have support? Well, first of all, the times are different. So I remember having these moments. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank God not so often, but there was a moment in which uh, probably when I was coming back from London the first time and uh, there was nothing you know, on the horizon, you know what I mean? So I had to uh, stay home. Uh, I had to go back to for a while to my parents' place. And I remember that probably it was the moment, I have this memory, I think I, I, I experienced what is a panic attack. I remember waking up at night a little bit, yes, and not being able to to breathe well. Maybe it was very light. I don't want to make it too uh, serious. Definitely it was nothing so serious. But I remember that I was thinking about the future a lot because also if you think about it, I had the weight of taking a decision that outside of my family, a lot of people were saying, you're crazy. This is something also interesting because a lot of friends, for example, I was doing something so different and people were saying, okay, but are you sure? Why don't you do more normal things? You know what I mean? I was taking a risk and this is something that not everyone is uh, uh, happy to accept or open to accept. Um, now, this is it's difficult. What, what, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, what you can do if you really have this passion, is no matter what, uh, put your head down and uh, keep on improving and keep on studying. Nowadays, compared to when I started, for example, there is so much information, so much availability in terms of uh, knowledge online even. Before you had to go to attend certain kind of schools that were so expensive, above all in the United States, for example, there are huge schools. Definitely, they give you a preparation that is incredible, but is it worth all the money that you have to spend? Not anymore. Nowadays, online, you can find very good things. But at the same time, as a coin, two faces, there is even too much. So how do you find the right things? It's not easy. So, But at the end of the day, you have to 
everything is open in front of you. You have to have the real interest in and, and also spending the time to understand what could be good for you and what couldn't. And so above all, at the, at the beginning of everything, who are you now? I'm, I'm playing a key. Okay. I'm saying things like a guru, even if it's something very, very simple, but at the end of the day, what do you like to do? Because think about social media nowadays, you have to be present online because even client could see, you could find you online, but actually then you see what other people are doing. And this could be depressing because you see that other people are so great and they can do amazing things, but you don't see what's behind that or the failures or the you know the situation it's it's a different life so you never have to compare yourself to to other people it's very dangerous nowadays above all when you're young and you're not even so structured as a man or a woman to be able to face this so that's why to go back to me I, i'm glad that i don't live this anymore i mean i have to use social media i have media i have to be visible above all because i'm a freelancer and i work remotely but i'm not this didn't become a sickness for me you know what i mean it's not i don't value myself because i have two followers or two thousand you know what i mean i don't care i post my stuff and that's it because i know how shallow that is i understand though that for young people that's a big problem in general and even more in our industry because you see professional doing amazing things or no matter what even people who are starting with you like you and they do great work but at the end of the day behind that great work of course there could be different conditions um, they might be luckier they might have more time but at the base there's always one thing hard work so even in this even if it's tough and you have to learn so many things and painting and drawing and composition and acting if you want to be an animator so many things it's a huge world but you can do it you can do it it's it's up to you then you have a family and you have to pay the rent i cannot say to everyone, ah, you just tomorrow, you know, give up everything else. And if you want to do this, you know, forget about your family and stuff, you will be able to do it because then it depends on everyone's life. You know, we have different uh, walk of lives and then we come from different walk of life. We have different situations and this is important. So if you're a father and you have a family and you say, you know what, ciao, ciao, I go away. I just spent 23 hours out of 24 starting this. Then you're not very smart, I think. Or people, for example, who neglect the family to work on this huge project that could do something for your career, sure. But then at the end of the day, like I was saying before, projects and what we do, I mean, it gets uh, forgotten, but actually the, the the connection that we have with people and what Our we do families. for other people and, that's, and your family, the people who, yeah. you, you, who you have close to you, I'm sorry, it's, it's more important than this, you know what I mean? So there is really, there is a possibility for everyone. Above all, this is really a renaissance moment for art because what you can do online is incredible. Think about music, you know it so well, you know. I have the hobby and it's incredible what you can do nowadays with technology. And you really can also do stuff and be visible and be found by people. So I want to believe, because I feel this, uh, I, I always felt this passion and the fact that I could really fulfill my dreams. So nowadays you can still, and I hope you, as a young guy, a young girl, you still feel this uh, energy and will to succeed. You have to do it, obviously, with, with your mind, you know, with the proper uh, mindset, with the proper design of your career by thinking about the important things and how to, to do certain things in the proper way. But definitely it's possible to be able to enter this industry and do great work. See, I love that.
Let's talk about success, Marco. What does success mean to you as a person? The fine way. Again, yeah, yeah. This is um, definitely it has nothing to do with uh, with money. But mm-hmm. for me, success nowadays is happiness. So finding what is your what makes you happy. And for me, in this uh, moment of my life, is the fact of being free to be able to take uh, on the the projects that I want to work on and to be able to to have the freedom to say no if I don't want to work. So to have uh, the freedom of uh, choosing what I do with my own time because time is the real currency nowadays, it's not the money, but it's really having the time to be with your family and not neglect them and to be, you know what I mean, with your partner, to be with your family and, and sons and daughters and stuff, or to be able to to do what you love. Like I was saying at the beginning, I've been lucky because I found when I was young what I really wanted to do. And I never look back. There are certain moments, even now, when I think, you know, the imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome, how, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't deserve to be here. I suck. You know, my partner, she knows uh, these moments pretty well, you know, because everything, nothing works. Thank God it happens. And it's absolutely normal that it happens. And I have to, I think I have to, I think I'm sorry that I, you have to embrace even these moments and get away, in my case, for example, from the computer and go out, you know what I mean? Distract and try to refocus. But um, yes, I think success for me is really the fact of having time to be able to do what I love. Because every day waking up, I really wake up every day and I think, okay, wow, I can learn something new today. And this is something amazing because while I was not doing anything at school growing up and I was a problem for my family and stuff, then I found my passion and learning became my drug, even too much. Because when I nowadays, with like I was saying before, with the offer that we have of information, of courses about everything, you know what I mean? I, if I can put my hands on something new, I will spend so much time, even if then becomes even too much, you know what I mean? Because even even this having the understanding how to 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 deal with the things and how to use all this knowledge and to filter this knowledge yeah. is very important. You know what I mean? But I am so that would, that's my drug. You know, I can you can find everything about anything if you want to do something. You can really find True. information on how to do things, and yes. this is extremely positive as it's dangerous. Yes, I love that too. Oh man, <laughs> it's perfect. I have two more for you, Marco, before I let you go. And my second to last question is, what would you like your legacy to be when you are not in this world anymore? Well, I mean, uh, this is, uh, it's interesting because I have a young kid. So uh, you, I remember my father saying that no matter what, you should be a parent and you should be a parent several times because no matter what, you make mistakes. And uh, so I really believe, I really hope that not by imposition or not by, you know, breaking his balls and be a pain in the ass to, to show, I mean, to, to push him to do what I do. I really hope that by just by imitation, by just by seeing um, what I do and above all, not what I do, but how I do the things that I do and the passion that I have, he will find passion for something. He will really be able to say, okay, this is my calling. This is what I love to do. This is what my I want my life to be around. You know, I mean, uh, I, I hope I will be able to to give him the tools 
to to find this because finding this in my opinion means uh being happy i hope i would be able to give him the tools to realize to show him that to be able even to achieve this you have to be very honest with yourself yes. which is very difficult no i mean i'm not talking about my career i'm talking about human beings it's very difficult we are surrounded by so many people lying to themselves in the morning because in a way it's what they know in a way it's easier to be in a situ- stay in a situation that gives you a little bit of happiness because risking the rest you know i don't know what happens i'm afraid and it's not because they're bad people it's just that they don't have the tools to be able to say you know what i'm going to try and if i fail that's great i'm going to fail again so i hope in a way that my son will not be will not have a this great predisposition of, let's say, talent, like the other people are thinking talent is, because I hope he will realize that he needs hard work to achieve. He can achieve anything he wants if he will put the right heart and hard work in it. So this is what I hope for him, who is my, you know, which is my legacy. I love that. Thank you. Finally, my last question to you, Marco, is where can we find you on all your social medias if somebody just like myself would like to get in contact with you about what you do? Well, there is everything. Like I was saying, I mean, I, I have uh, some social media, but generally my website, which is www.marcoyotzimynameiozizi.com. Maybe you will write it down some, yeah, somewhere. It yeah. would be better than my pronunciation. <laughs> Nothing wrong with you. <laughs> it would be easier to find me. But from there, you can find everything and uh, you can contact me and uh, that, that's it. Then, of course, I have Instagram, but everything is there and uh, it's, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Marco, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Ask People podcast. You've been a superb guest. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. No, thank you so much. And guys, thank you so much for listening to the Ask People podcast. And please remember, you can subscribe to Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and any other platform that you prefer listening to. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also donate to the Ask People podcast by simply going to the Savvy Rocks website or just typing in paypal.me forward slash us people podcast thank you for listening stay happy stay positive and as always please continue to be kind to one another to the podcast for example uh, about creativity and this kind of things and I I was happy that you uh, called me to, to do this because uh, I immediately understood that we were on the same page for so many things and also because you said something at the beginning at the beginning in, during that podcast about being thankful which is something that I always that I that is very strong in me as well.